something unusual happened. Uh, I was just waiting on God one morning, and I really felt God spoke to me from a particular passage of Scripture, and it was just so clear. Uh, And it's so rare when you're preaching regularly that God just gives you an immediate kind of download of a talk. And uh, I was so encouraged by this, I can't wait to share it with the church. And I think it was probably a week later, Tom Millington came to see me. And Tom said, uh, Rob, I really want to preach a message to the church soon. And God's really been speaking to me. And, and it's just this, this. I said, no way. And I was finishing his sentences. It was kind of like that. And so God had given exactly the same message to Tom, which he then went and preached. And uh, and I've been kind of thinking, well, what do I do about this? And then I felt God say to me this week, as I was trying to prepare something else, he says, I want you to do that talk. And the reason being that when God says something twice in the Bible, it's very important. And so I have just like a prophetic burden to share this message again with you. Some of it's similar to what Tom said. And some of it's different. There's different application. And particularly with some of the things that Tony said last week, I just feel like I want to talk to you about Zacchaeus and about people wanting to see Jesus, people wanting to encounter him. So we're going to just look at that story and uh, then I'm going to bring some application as we go along. Okay, so it's Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 9. And I guess if we don't get it this time, that God's going to make me preach it again, or somebody else will visit the church and preach it. So we better just kind of see what God wants to say. So let's look at Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 9. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up. And said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would... Uh, impact our hearts with this message, Lord, what it is that you want us to hear, what it is that you want us to respond to today as Jubilee Church. We just pray, Lord, for clarity, and we pray for a conviction of your Holy Spirit in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, I mean, Zacchaeus was a man who was desperate to see Jesus. He wanted to see him, but there were some things hindering him. 
And it's important for us to realize, for people that want to see Jesus, there are always hindrances. And it doesn't matter if you're not a Christian, in a sense, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian, there are often things that get in the way, and we need to be aware of that. And for Zacchaeus, there were three things. First of all, that he was a chief tax collector. Now, tax collectors weren't very popular. They don't generally tend to be very popular even today. I mean, does anybody here like to pay taxes? I mean, how far is it during the year before you actually earn any money? I don't know what the calculation is, but paying tax is is a difficult thing. But unscrupulous tax collectors, even more so, and a chief tax collector who oversaw tax collectors, you can imagine that he wasn't a very well-liked man. And in fact, his problem in seeing Jesus, if you like, was a moral issue. He was viewed by the crowd as being immoral, he was a sinner, he consorted with the enemy, and he wasn't the pure man that he should be, even though that's what his name means. And so there were some problems. He had a moral problem. And all of us too, when we first come to Jesus, we come with baggage, We come with a load of stuff that we're ashamed of, so shamed that it can hinder us from coming to Jesus because of what people might think. And people who don't know Jesus yet, it's it's a real issue. How can I be amongst people like that? What are they going to think about me? I mean, it shouldn't be the case because the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in that position. We're all guilty before him. And it's hard to believe even as you look around today, you look at the people, you think, well, look at them, they're just lovely. Look at these beautiful people at Jubilee Church. They're all smiley and they've been worshipping God. It's hard to believe that each one of us are sinners. Every one of us have sinned and continue to sin. And the only reason that we're any different is because we met Jesus and he did something and he released us from the guilt and the condemnation. I mean, is there anybody here whose life's been changed by Jesus? Just by meeting Jesus. I mean, the relief, the relief of what he's done with my sin. So that was the first hindrance. The second hindrance was his money, because he was rich. And Jesus has already told us in the previous chapter that it's hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of God. Because riches, you see, obscure a sense of need. I mean, why do you need God if you've got everything? Why do you need God if you've got a slice of heaven here on earth and now? Why why do you need to, to go to heaven? You're quite happy here, thank you very much. Need drives us to God. I mean, have you noticed, for example, how much more you pray when you're worried? How much more you pray when you're sick and you're going to the doctor and you're really worried about what might be said. Suddenly, you become the greatest prayer warrior in the world. Need drives us to God and riches obscure that sense of need. But you don't even have to be rich, actually, to have this lack of need, self-sufficiency, is incredibly common in the West. We're very self-sufficient, independent types. We don't need anybody. And have you heard people say, God is just a crutch for the weak? Anybody heard that? I've heard that so many times. God is just a crutch for a weak. 
for the weak. And the implication is, I'm strong and I don't need God. But strengths or weaknesses are nothing to do with our need of God. How strong I am or how weak I am, how well I cope or how badly I cope is nothing to do with it. We all need God because he's the only solution through the cross of Jesus for our guilt and sin. We all need Jesus. We all need to come to Jesus. And obviously something had already happened in Zacchaeus' heart because he was a very rich man. He'd done pretty well in his business. But there was something in him. Something had happened in his heart. I don't know what it was, but he'd realized already that money's not going to fill this ache. There's so much more. There's something more. I've got to see this Jesus. Money's just not doing it for me. Self-sufficiency isn't doing it for me. My family isn't doing it for me. There's something about this Jesus. I've got to see him. I've got to see what he's like. I've got to find out who he is. He needed to see Jesus. The third hindrance was a little thing, of course. He was very small. He was small. He was literally unable to see Jesus because of physical reasons. His stature. He couldn't see over the crowd. And even today, you know, there can be physical reasons why people are unable to see Jesus. Physical ones, practical ones, can't get to church. (laughs) Got illness in the family, can't get there at the moment. We've got a growing elderly population, haven't we? And, And those people are kind of shut in, they can't get out, they can't even meet Christians. Illness, elderly. I mean, the church building itself, doesn't matter where you meet actually, just coming into a big bunch of people that you don't know can be a real hindrance to people. It can be frightening. It's really exciting. We did a members' day recently, and we will get to welcoming those people. It's just that we keep finding that there's lots of people away. But it's just great to hear about the welcome that they've received coming to our church. I feel kind of excited when people say, do you know, we went to all these other places, but when we came here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even with the best welcome in the world, it can still be a very intimidating thing to come to church, t- to a group like this, when you perhaps don't dress the same, or you don't look the same, or there's some issues, baggage. Or the reality that Tony touched on last week about our communities today having lost the habit of going to church. It's just not natural anymore. It's not part of our culture. We're no longer a church-going nation. You know, some people don't even know now the basics of the Bible. Uh, Alison is a teacher, my wife, and um, she was telling me at Easter time in her school she was doing the Easter story. And she was really shocked to know that the children had never heard about the resurrection. They didn't know that Easter eggs was anything to do with Jesus. They just thought it was another kind of Christmas where you give presents to one another. Had no understanding at all. Physical and practical reasons why people don't get to see Jesus. And so we need to find ways, don't we, of overcoming some of those barriers 
of helping people. We, and I think, and I don't know quite what I'm saying when I say this, it's just this phrase works for me, but somehow we need to find a way of taking the church to people <laughs> instead of expecting them all to come to us. We need to find some of those ways. And I think that's where the wisdom is. That's where we need to see what God is doing today. Where are you working, God? We want to work with you. Three things that hindered Zacchaeus. Three things. What, what are yours? What's blocking you at the moment? What's stopping you from encountering him? I mean, it might be why you're here today. I just want to see Jesus. I want to find out about Jesus. I mean, you might have been a Christian for many years, or you might be just starting out, but what's preventing you? Because you see, I believe, and I think we got this through the worship, that Jesus is passing by today. Just like with Zacchaeus, it says that Jesus was passing by, and I've got to see him. He's passing by today. But look, what I want us to see is Zacchaeus didn't have a lot going for him. Three big hindrances. Well, one little one. (laughs) But he was determined to see Jesus. And you know, that gives me hope. That gives me hope, despite the obstacles, despite the problems, despite what he was going to have to overcome, something had happened in his heart. Something was drawing him. And you know, the Holy Spirit has to draw people to Jesus. It is a work of the Spirit, if you're a Christian today, it's because Jesus nailed you. <laughs> One day he got hold of you and he drew you. We're not saved because I made a good decision one day. It's because of the work of the Spirit in my life. And I wanted Jesus. Something changed in my life. It's not about just schemes or clever strategies. And we need to be wise, but we're not victims of our culture. And it's not too big a deal for Jesus to save people. His arm is still not too short. (laughs) Praise God. I'm so glad I'm not responsible. I'm so glad it's not all on me. It's not all on you. His spirit is amongst us. He's working even today. The cultural differences aren't a problem to him. Jesus said a rich man, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Then in the next chapter, there's a rich man entering the kingdom of God and something has changed in his heart. I don't know what it was. I mean, maybe maybe Zacchaeus had heard about the healings. We've just got an amazing miracle in the previous chapter, a blind man. Maybe it was the healings. Maybe it was some of the miracles. I found it so interesting last week and Tony was stating these different statistics. Do you remember that? 70% of people today reckon they've had some kind of spiritual encounter. Some kind of spiritual experience compared to the 80s where it was a very small number, something like 20%. There's something happening. And my experience, I don't know about yours, bears this out. People are interested in these things. I don't know what it was about Zacchaeus. Maybe it was that he'd heard that Jesus forgives sins. And he knew he was a sinner because everybody told him that. But all he knew is that he had to do something. 
Because any minute now, Jesus was going to pass by and he was going to miss his opportunity. So with all his might, he ran ahead of the crowd as fast as his little legs would take him until he spotted one of these wonderful trees, which you're not going to be able to see because of the sun on the screen. But it's the picture that Tom showed you a couple of weeks ago. Isn't that a beautiful tree? Look at the sun just shining. (laughs) I'll describe it for you. It's got a thick trunk and it's got low-lying branches that are thick and really easy to climb. And it's got lots of foliage, lots of leaves, which is great to hide in. And do you know what? You can even sit there and eat figs while you're waiting. So he climbs into this tree and he settles down to watch the arrival of the man who was going to change his life. (laughs) Do you know that people who want to find out who Jesus is will often need to find a tree to sit in for a while. They need to find a place that's a safe place to observe from a distance. They need just to see, who is this Jesus? There's something drawing them, but they don't know quite what it is. They haven't quite worked it out. Who is this Jesus? What is it about this Jesus? They need a tree to sit in. And we need to know what some of these trees are for our church. Because our church needs some trees. I mean, what are some of these places in the church, places that people can just slip in and slip out and check us out? You know, what are some of the routes into the church? I don't know if you noticed, particularly in the recession, people love to window shop. And my wife and my daughter went out for most of Saturday last week window shopping. I just don't get it. I don't get it. They come back with one pair of jeans a whole day shopping. What is the point? What a waste of time. But at least they didn't spend any money. <laughs> People like to window shop. They like to just have a look, get a feel of what, what's going on there, what the products are. Where are our windows? I think there's a few ideas I just want to give you that because I want us to understand why we do some things. So our website, for example, is, is like a window for us. People can just have a look and see what we're about, see who we are. Windows, website, to get the link. Window. Some of you are quick. Um, but you know, the number of people that check out the website, download the talks, they find out about us, they see if they like us. It's interesting to see what some people search for. We had a, a search a few weeks ago where it was, um, it said, uh, the church that meets in the building opposite the house of Fraser, and they found us. <laughs> With the banners. Oh, something like that, yeah. Isn't that amazing? They just want to have a look. They're curious. They want to know what's going on. Website. It's a tree. You can look in. You can get a feel of it. <coughs> And that's why we have one. That's why we use it. Alpha is another example. It's a tree. And it's just been so interesting in Alpha. I said this on Thursday night. The number of people who come to Alpha because they've had some kind of encounter, some kind of spiritual experience, and they they want to find out more about what's going on. 
but it's a great tree for people to sit in. It's, it's non-confrontational, it's non-threatening. People can just come and take a look at some of the claims of Jesus. Toddler group. I visited it this week. We've got a toddler group. What a great window. People can come in and meet nice people from the church and they can find out a bit about the church. And I went this Sunday, this Friday morning. I couldn't believe how easy it was to talk to people. There wasn't a lot of people there this week, but it was really easy to talk to people. Another window. There are others that we, we're working on. The Cayley. You might think, well, that's not a window for the church. Of course it is. People get to meet Christians and find out who Jesus is by meeting you. We've run a pub quiz. We've had ladies' nights. We've got a men's night coming up. We're going to go karting. And hopefully we'll still be good witnesses at the end of that. But you know, you're a window. Each one of you, when people meet you, they meet a Christian. I remember hearing Adrian Holloway define evangelism by changing uh, the perception of an unbeliever by meeting you and finding out you're a Christian and you're all right. And I actually like you. That's evangelism. They find out you're a Christian, they meet you, and actually they quite like you. Already they're one step closer to becoming a Christian just through meeting you. You are the window. And we need many others. But I want us to be a church with lots of windows for people to look into, for people to find out about Jesus. We need places that people can sit in and feel safe. But you know these trees, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm just going to give it to you straight. These trees aren't for Christians to sit in. They're not for Christians to sit in. Because, you see, I know I've been around church long enough now to, to know that there are some Christian trees people like to sit in. They sit in them not because, not because they're trying to see, but because they're trying to hide. <laughs> trying to hide. And there's all sorts of reasons why people hide in church. It can be disillusionment, heartache, disappointments. It can make you hide, makes you withdraw. It makes you withdraw from the church. It makes you even withdraw from your faith. You don't share it like you used to. Disillusioned, disappointed. Areas that we've failed in, you know, there can be some expectations on us. I said this a while ago that we feel like I've been a Christian a few years now. I should have got over that. <laughs> We're ashamed. We're hide. Issues between you and other people within the church. These things can hinder us. They can stop us. They can make us want to hide. But you know, there are no Christian trees. There's only one Christian tree, actually. That one. The cross. is the only legitimate Christian tree in the church that we need to come back to, that we need to ask for forgiveness and we need to get cleansing from the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, you still need the cross to be applied to your life. So guys, there's no Christian trees, and Jesus doesn't want us hiding. He doesn't want us hiding ourselves. He said, don't hide your lamps, don't hide your life, but put it high 
stand up tall, preferably on a hill somewhere where everyone can see the church. Stand up tall, be high. The church is a city on the hill and Jesus wants us to stand out for him. He wants us to be salty and have an impact on our environment. And he doesn't want us hiding within the church either, hiding our gifts. You know, I don't know when it quite happened, but somewhere, somehow, you began to opt out. You still come to church, sometimes even to a prayer meeting, but it's not the same as it was. Are your gifts available to other people in the church? Or are you hiding? Are they available to people in the world? Do you know, the context of what we were hearing last week about this spiritual culture that's going on means that people in your workplace, in the world, are much more open to spiritual gifts than you think they are. A number of conversations I've had with people where I've just gone up to them and said, you know, I'm a Christian, I've been praying, and I think God has got a message for you. Is it okay if I can tell you? Or the people that we've approached on the street and said, is it okay if we pray for you? Uh, look like you're not well. Could we ask God to heal you? They're so open. I mean, there are people that aren't, but generally speaking, there's an openness I've never experienced before. Spiritual gifts we practice in the church. We learn how they work and we learn to use them so that we can use them in the world. We can use them in the workplace and wherever we are. See, these trees are not for Christians. Jesus wants each one of us to find our place in serving him. I believe that Jesus is coming to your tree, fellow Christian, today. And he's calling you out of hiding for his purposes. I'd love to pray for you later if you need some help with that. But Zacchaeus had found the perfect place to stand and to wait. And here comes Jesus now. And there he is, he's walking. And can you just imagine what Zacchaeus must have been feeling? There he is, I've been waiting for him. And he's coming right towards me. And blow me, he's going to come right under my tree. He may have nearly fell out of his tree, you know. And despite all the obstacles and all the hindrances and all the things that could have stopped him from coming to Jesus, what happens? Jesus comes to him. Jesus sees him. He's hiding in all this foliage, which we can't see on the screen. Loads of foliage, loads of it. He's hiding, just peeping through. And Jesus, through all the crowds, sees him. And guys, Jesus sees you. He sees you right where you are. Right where you are. He knows you. He knows your situation. He sees you. And he's coming to you today. I believe that. He's calling some people out of trees. Do you know, I want to say this to you. That it's enough that you have taken a little step of faith and stood in a tree for a bit. Are you glad, aren't you glad that Zacchaeus was a little man? 
He didn't have to climb very far for Jesus to see him. And I think some of you need to take a step of faith. And maybe you're not a Christian today. Actually, just coming here is a step of faith. Or maybe you are a Christian, you've been hiding. You just need to take a step of faith towards Jesus today. But it's only a little step because he was only a little man. I'm so glad Zacchaeus was a little man because otherwise I would have never got to Jesus. Just a little step for a little man. And what I love about this story is that it wasn't down to Zacchaeus to get to Jesus. He thought he'd been so clever, positioned himself so well, he wanted to see Jesus, a work had been done in his heart, but Jesus comes right to him and he stands under his tree. We don't climb to heaven. God sent his son down to earth so that we didn't have to climb to heaven. doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, he's coming to you. We don't save ourselves. Jesus saves us. And I believe that for a number of people today, there's an encounter with Jesus that's been set up. You've just come and sat in that tree and think, oh, it's all right here, nice and shady, a few figs to eat. Jesus is coming to your tree. Zacchaeus' response to Jesus was fantastic. He jumps out of the tree and he welcomes Jesus into his home. The crowd's response is terrible. They didn't recognize, you see, what this encounter with Jesus meant And they even called him names. Sinner, why are you? Why is Jesus going to you? He's even eating with sinners now. But who cares what the crowds think? Who cares what your family will think? Who cares what anybody will think if you get to go home with Jesus? If you get to have Jesus in your home, to have that relationship, that stirring in your heart, and I'm going for Jesus, and he's come to me. Who cares what people think? As you know, particularly for Christians, sometimes, I think that is one of the biggest lies in the world. I can't come to Jesus. I can't sort this out. I can't get through this. I can't confess this. Because what are people going to say? What are people going to think about me? I'm meant to be this, or I'm meant to be that. I was speaking at a church last week, and a man came forward, and it was just like the Pharisee and the sinner. It was just wonderful. He came and he stood, and he stood right next to me, and he put his hand on it, literally like this. And he says, I'm an addict. And I said, so am I. I'm addicted to sin. (laughs) I'm a recovering because I've met Jesus. That's the only reason I'm only different to you. God did an amazing work in that man's life. And I'll share that with you when I can just substantiate a few things that I'm waiting to hear back on. But an amazing thing happened in that man's life. Who cares what people think I'd rather be close to Jesus and I'd rather have him in my home 
than be on my own anymore and feel guilty and feel desperate and feel condemned. Come out your tree and stop hiding. Jesus is walking by. And the impact of this encounter with Jesus changes Zacchaeus' life. All he's done is invite him to dinner. All he's done is said, I want to come and stay in your house. It leads to restitution. He says, I'll give everything away. I'd rather have you, Jesus, than all of these things. It leads to restoration. He puts things right with people around him that he's wronged. In a moment, in an instant, and all that's happened is he's met Jesus. And what we see is a perfect description of repentance, actually, if you read the passage. It's not just, I feel bad about this, or regret, sorry, or acting sorry. It's a complete change of mind. It's True repentance is a complete turnaround. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, I'm going to be a different person. Do you know what? I'm going to make it impossible for me to go backwards because I'm going to give away everything that has actually been holding me because I'm coming after you, Jesus. What are you holding on to? That's not Jesus. What is standing between you and walking with Jesus? It's not worth it. Don't go for regret. Don't go for feeling bad. It doesn't get you anywhere. True repentance. My life's going to turn around because I've met Jesus and I've had an encounter with him. I want Jesus and I'm going for him with all my heart. For Zacchaeus, this is a serious and costly act. He gives half of his possessions away. You say, well, I haven't got many possessions. Well, what possesses you? (laughs) What is it that holds you more than Jesus? Give it away. He says, I'll pay back four times the amount required by law for anybody that I've cheated. It's not just him showing off to Jesus. This is a general, this is a heart thing. That's what repentance is. And Jesus praises him for his response. And he says, you're just the kind of guy that I've been looking for. (laughs) They said, why is he going to eat with a sinner? Jesus says, no, this is the kind of guy I've come for. So I want to ask you, this is quite a straight message today. You're going to come out of your tree? Do you want to take Jesus home with you? Because this is essentially a gospel message. But Christians need to hear it too. Whether you're an unbeliever today or just looking, or whether you're a believer and you've just been hiding, the question's the same. And do you need to put some things right in your life? Is there some repentance needed? That's okay. I've repented. I've had to repent. We've all had to, because we've all sinned. We're all in the same boat. So you need to repent. I'd rather do that and be with Jesus. It's going to cost me. I'd rather do that and be with Jesus. 
And I believe that Jesus is here today and that he's passing by. Don't miss out. Don't let him go under your tree. Don't let him go past. I believe there's an encounter for people. I love this thing about passing by, and Tom brought this out, and I hadn't seen it before, but I'm just going to repeat it. He says that um, when you read Luke, the verse 1 there, it seems like he thinks that Jesus is almost aimlessly passing by. He says he's just passing by. And then Jesus says in verse 10, he says, found you, I've come to seek and to save those that are lost. (laughs) He knew exactly where he was going, and he knew exactly where Zacchaeus was, and he saw him through all the trouble. Jesus sees you today. Are you lost? Or are you perhaps just a bit hidden? Do you see him? Is he coming towards you? Does he see you? Do you want him to see you? Oh, I'm ashamed. Do you want him to see you? There's no condemnation. Look at Zacchaeus. He said, come down, I'm coming to your house. This is a serious message today. Jesus is calling some people. Come and follow Saviour. And I believe that there are some first encounters and there are some fresh encounters for many people here today. And some have been looking from afar for years, but Jesus is coming close. He's close. He's close today. I'm just going to pray and ask Jesus to come because I'm not going to point anybody out or do anything like that. He, you know, you know who I'm talking to today. I said to you that the only tree that a Christian should sit in is actually one you should sit at the bottom of. Just come and get things right with God, you know. Come out of your tree, come out of hiding. Just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to help us. Because this isn't condemnation, it's liberation. Jesus works on the heart and he changes us from the inside out. And we're never the same again. Zacchaeus had to see Jesus because something had changed in his heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Do you want to just stand? It just helps us, doesn't it? It's just the way we're designed somehow. Just stand before God. And I'm not calling anybody forward or anything like that. This is between you and God, but I'd love to talk to you afterwards or I can pray with you. But I believe that Jesus is here. And just right where you are, You answer him. Here he is, he's coming right to your tree. And he's saying, will you come down? 
Stop messing around. (laughs) Stop hiding. Are you coming? I want to come to your house. Is that okay? Can I come to your house? Oh Lord, I I don't think you'll like what you see there. He wants to come anyway. You answer him. It's between you and God. I've never done this, preached the same message twice, but I felt such an urgency about it for somebody, some people here today. Come, Holy Spirit, help us. not condemnation, it's liberation. It's not condemnation, it's liberation. Don't you think it's amazing that Jesus came to a tree and Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus? (laughs) And there was this man, this rogue of a man, and he was looking down at the Son of God. Wow, he's coming to your tree and he's looking up at you. He says, come down. Let's go somewhere together. The bus that was prophesied about. Get on the bus. Jesus is driving. (laughs) Don't know where the destination is. That's his responsibility. But get on the bus. (sighs) I'm sorry, I can't move on. You've got to make a decision. Just right where you are. Just going to give you a few more minutes. Just make a decision. Just speak to the Lord. Oh, there's such restoration coming to you, my friend. There's such life change. It will be worth it. just such a seriousness about this question. There might be all sorts of things taking your attention at the moment. But actually Jesus is coming to you. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to close in prayer and um, and then if you would like to talk to me or perhaps one of the life group leaders uh, I just ask you to not let this moment pass Do you know there was a split second where Jesus could have passed by Zacchaeus that scares me it could be a split second for you today this may be your last opportunity maybe sounds dramatic but that's the urgency I feel I'm just going to pray and we'll close the meeting and then if I can be of any help or any of the other guys here, we'd love to pray with you. Okay? So Lord Jesus, we pray for many trees 
in our church. We pray, Lord, for many people looking for Jesus amongst us. We ask you for that privilege, Lord. And we pray, Lord, for many visitations of Jesus. Lord Jesus, it was just such an honour to have you come to my tree when I was just four years old. Lord Jesus, I pray for those especially that are young and are making decisions about life. Lord, would you come to their tree? And Lord, I want to pray for those that are older and think maybe you've already passed me by. Holy Spirit, that's a lie in Jesus' name. And I thank you that you're at their tree right now. And Lord, you can change our lives, even though many years have been regretted. You can turn our lives around even now. Lord, we come to you. Say, Lord, help us to respond to you. Help us, Lord, with this message. Would you stay on us? Would you keep with us? Would you keep moving in our lives and changing our lives? For your glory, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God.